Hi, welcome back. It's Pastor Rick. Now, you might have noticed if you're an observant person that I've changed my clothing. And I have because I'm changing the sermon. Uh, I had something planned. I just told you I was going to do and I've decided not to do it. It's called The Truth About You, a brand new series. Uh, but I'm going to do that next week. And I'm, th- but I'm, what I've decided to do in this new year is tell you it's, uh, about something that happened in the last few uh, weeks, couple of weeks that I think uh, is important for you to know. And I wanted to share it with you and then share a message that's different. And so let me just give you the title of the message and what I'm going to talk about, and then we'll have some, have some fun together. It will be, listen, I'm telling you, this is important, important, important. And I say it three times, right, right. It's really important. You don't want to miss this. So, let, so here's the title. Put it on the screen for you. It's called, Are You Really Listening? That's the title. I want to change the message. Are You Really Listening? Now, here, here's why this sermon is so important. And this is one of those moments when God allows an experience to happen in your life. God allows something to take place in your life. And the goal of it is to talk to you. The question is, are you hearing what he's teaching you? And in Hebrews chapter three, verse seven, it's this great verse and always I've loved forever. It says, it says today, if you hear his voice, this is Hebrews three and seven. Do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. So he says, I don't want you to be hard hearted. I want you to listen to me. When things happen in your life that you didn't expect and unexpected moments come in your life, the question is, what did you learn from it? What, and, and are you really, really listening? And that is the big question for today. Are you really, will, really listening? And will you ever really listen to what God allows to happen? I believe that through circumstances and sometimes through just something simple that's said to you, there are lessons, but especially through circumstances, and some of you are facing circumstances. So I want to tell you about one that I experienced that I think you'll find fascinating and how God used that experience to teach me something. So first of all, to my surprise, I caught COVID-19. That's right. I, in the last two weeks, I caught COVID-19. And I waited until I was better. I waited until it was over. I didn't have any big symptoms. I only had a little drainage in my nose for like a, like a minute. It was probably no long. I mean, just re- I'm really asymptomatic. But I knew that after uh, traveling, we, my wife and I took a trip and went to New York to celebrate our anniversary. And uh, we took all the precautions. And we chose New York because New York was really high on precautions. You can't go into a restaurant without being vaccinated. You can't go on into any of the events without being vaccinated. Really strict rules. Can't get check into a hotel. So we felt prior to going that it was a, of all the choices, uh, this was a safe choice. Well, when we got there, the Omicron thing exploded. And so when I got back, I wore my mask. I was, and if you know me, I am very, very disciplined about that. I mean, I carry a backup mask. I am the mask man. I carry a mask with me all the time. I am very, very disciplined. I wash my hands. I would, uh, one of the pastors had me laughing. He said, you use hand sanitizer before COVID, uh, faithfully. As a matter of fact, I discovered uh, I used to catch a lot of sinus infections and greeting people, shaking hands. You know, preachers always shaking hands, right? And um, sure enough, uh, when I started using sanitizer, uh, on a, my, my sinus issues went down by 85%. I realized that I was infect, being infected and, and, and just reinfecting myself. I found out that when I would brush my teeth, if I had sinus issues, to, to, to rinse it off with something like Listerine or some kind of hot fluid to make sure I, I sanitized it before I use it again because I was reinfecting myself. I learned a lot about this through the years, and so I was very, very aware of sinus issues. So when I got back from New York on Saturday, my wife and I, 
after our anniversary, we tested ourselves, and that's another thing we did. We tested ourselves to make sure that we were clear. So my test came back negative when we landed that Saturday. So we got in Saturday around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. By 6 o'clock, we tested ourselves. We were fine. She's negative. I'm negative. <clears throat> the world was great. Well, another day went by. By Monday, I noticed my sinuses were kicking in a little bit more than normal. So I said, let me test myself again. And sure enough, around 2 a.m. On, on Tuesday morning early, I discovered that I was positive. It was shocking. It was amazing. You know, when you have a moment where you are uh, all of a sudden um, experiencing something that you've only read about and encouraged people about, but you've never had this experience, never. And it was really um, emotional for Diane, very emotional for, for Christina, my daughter, my son, everybody struggled because they said, dad's really careful. And so here's that great question that people ask you. They say, well, how did you get it? Because that's what I would always do. You know, I would, people would tell me, and I counsel dozens and dozens of people who've got COVID. And I, I would say, well, how did you get it? And, and now here's my answer to that. If you're in combat and then you ask the soldier who shot you, um, the guy, who, the, the guy who, who saw you first. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 can, I can't get, I, I wore my mask. Everywhere and every venue did everything I was supposed to do and still caught COVID-19. So some of you go, ah, see there, what's the reason we're worrying about now? See, that's what I'm talking about. You're going to get it, get it. That's foolish to just assume that it's okay to get it. I, I say that in love when I say it's foolish because I, I don't think it's wise. I, I mean, you should respect this disease has killed over 800,000 people. And uh, they estimate that it's killing, at the current rate, 1,400 um, uh, people a day. Um, that's not something you ignore. You know, it's 9-11 every two, three days. I mean, we, we don't need to pretend that that's not significant. And so I, <clears throat> I realized that, that in my case, uh, the issue is I got it. And in seven to eight days, it took me about that long to become negative again. Um, but I learned a lot in that process because there's nothing like locking yourself away, being unable to interact with your family for almost, almost 10 days, and to be um, afraid that you can infect somebody with something that can harm them. That, that's the last thing you want to do. My wife was so joyful and happy, and my daughter and all, and my son, when they saw that I was doing well. And for, I've not announced it. We didn't, it happened before Christmas. Christmas Day, I had to stay uh, isolated, and they had to show me my gifts uh, very virtually and, and, uh, and put my food outside the door and all that. And um, I didn't tell the church because I didn't want to mess up your Christmas, and I didn't want you worried about me. I said, when I get on the other side of this, I'll tell them. And so I'm telling you now. And I think that what's interesting is there are some things that I, I learned from this. And I want to uh, say I was surprised, but I'm, I'm also clear that there are people who are living this life right now. And for some of you, you're in the middle of it right now. And your experience is different. And I'm going to talk about this side of it when, it's, when I came out well. But in part two, which will be at our 11 o'clock a.m. service. And if you're watching this on demand, you'll see it's in part two, but I'm going to share the other side of this, and I'll tell you about that later on. There's a theology question I'm going to answer about COVID-19 uh, and how you balance the theology of it. How can I be a Christian and catch COVID-19? And what does the Bible say about that? 
And I'll, there are two questions I'll deal with in part two that will answer a lot of that. So hang with me first and let me talk to you about, first of all, what, what, why I think I did so well through it. And I want to say this because <clears throat> there are a lot of people that are struggling with vaccinations and they're struggling with a lot of different issues. But I want to give you what I call five reasons why I think I did well. Number one, my overall health was good. My overall health was good I, 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 when I became infected. I didn't have a, any underlying issues or problems that I was face, facing. Now, that's not true for everybody. They come to the battle wounded. And uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing I'd say is I prepared uh, to fight for the fight by being vaccinated and boosted. I want to be clear. I was vaccinated and fully boosted and had been boosted for several weeks or a couple of months. So I, I, I came to the battle and I, ha I had prepared. I had all the tools that were made available to me. I really think the argument, um, unless your doctor gives you some medical reason why you can't get vaccinated, um, I think you need to be very careful not using all the tools that God put in your hand. Uh, if I had not been vaccinated and if I had not been boosted, there's a greater chance that I would have had a very different outcome. And the majority of the people that are dying today are dying from people who were not vaccinated, not boosted. Now, let me just say this as a principle for life. Uh, the Bible in Matthew chapter 25 talks about using your talents and how a person should utilize not all the use all their talents and not bury them. The one guy out of the three, <clears throat> if you know the story, two guys. Um, uh, the, the master gave all three guys a measurement of money or a talent, he called it, a measurement of money. And each guy was supposed to use what they had. Well, two guys invested and doubled what they had. The third guy buried what he had. He didn't use it. And he had all these reasons why he didn't. And in the end, the third guy was judged and lost everything. For you to have the option to do something that could potentially protect you and your family and not use it, um, just for theoretical reasons, there's no medical reason, there's no, uh, unless your doctor, like I said, gave you some medical reason, and you shouldn't be your own doctor, that's probably not wise. Uh, if you're not medically trained, you, you know, they should, you should submit to, and this is one of the things that really concerns me, Christians have this, this um, tendency to not submit to advice, not to, and they have all these Bible verses they quote and all these, and don't cut me off, hang with me, okay? They have all these Bible verses, they have all these um, scriptural reasons, and they talk back to you, and they don't really listen well. And really, there's a seed of rebellion that can get into our heart. And, and sometimes, if you're not careful, you will rebel against preparing. If you remember Matthew 25, I love that chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. You have the foolish virgins and the wise virgins, the wise virgins, they took the oil in their lamps, right? And they were prepared so when the wedding started, they can go in. The foolish said, we'll get some later. We'll do it later. We're not going to do it now. But they put it off. And so when, when the wedding came, they couldn't go in. I really believe there are moments in life when you are given a season to prepare yourself for battle. And if you don't, uh, you might be surprised if the battle comes and you didn't expect it. And I want to say I did everything you could do to protect yourself and still got shot. But I survived it by God's grace. Now, here's why. I believe my overall health is important. So taking care of yourself is important. And number two, I believe being prepared is important. Number three, I tested myself immediately after traveling to an area when I, I knew when I got back, I said, I'm going to test myself to make sure I didn't just wait. It's something about being preventive and saying, let me let me see. Let me make sure. You know, it's not faith to not test yourself. It's not faith to, to keep up with yourself. I check my blood work. I check all my numbers. I'm a very um, 
a studious person when it comes to my health because I realize that in order for me to survive, if, if, if I don't look at my numbers, my blood pressure numbers, my cholesterol numbers, all the different numbers that affect my health, I need to be clear that I know what they are. So I tested myself and I was something I did on my own. God didn't lead me. I just, that's a normal process for me. If I took a risk, I know test yourself and make sure you're safe. Number four, once I saw it, I immediately quarantined myself. I immediately put a mask on, went to my wife and told her from afar, hey, look, I found out that I'm, I'm positive. And, and she, she was not happy about that. She was saddened by it. And then I um, went and I isolated myself. And I quarantined myself in a very disciplined fashion. And there's something about that until I was verified that I was safe. And I, I did the, the whole time. I made sure, in, in my case, in my case, I don't know what your doctor tells you or what your advisor tells you, but I made sure I had two negative tests. That's what I did. Now, you let your doctor tell you what to do, but I know I wanted to be sure that I was negative. So some of you, your doctor will tell you one. That's, that's up to you and your doctor, but I'm just saying what I did. Number five, I confirmed my diagnosis and approach to recovery with the doctor. I, I, I checked with somebody who was a medical professional, and I did not do it on my own. And there's something about having that kind of an attitude, I think, that helps you. But that's, that's what, I, what my experience was like. Now, here's what I learned from that. Number one, I'm not invincible. I learned that. And not that I ever thought I was. But if you want a confirmation that you're not invincible, pastors need to learn that. Christians need to learn that. Believers, spiritual people, religious people, you're not invincible. You can be broke. You can get sick. You can die. You can die early. You can, have, you can go in bankruptcy. Your marriage can fall apart. Everything can happen to you. If you're not careful, if you're not prepared, and even if you do prepare, the reality is, you know, and I'll show you in a minute, the Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous. The righteous people have challenges, but the Lord delivers them out of them all in Psalms, the Bible says. Let me move on. So I'm, first of all, I learned, I, I learned that I am not invincible. Number two, I, I learned that I am not above being attacked. There's a verse in the Bible, Matthew chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, says the servant is not above his master. That's Matthew chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. I am not above being attacked. I don't know how we, we sing about being a soldier, but we don't want to have any conflict. We don't want to have any war. You want to shoot at the enemy, but they can't shoot at you. You think you, you're going to go to battle and never get wounded. You're so afraid of being wounded and you speak against it. I confess that I'll not have any problems. These problems will not come not my house. And you quote those verses out of context to imply that somehow in your life you're supposed to be perfect and never have a challenge. Well, you can have a challenge. I had an unexpected challenge after doing all I could do. I love that song. Having done all the stand with the Bible verse two, having done all the stand, stand, therefore. There's something about standing and being strong and committed, even when you've done all you can. There's a verse <clears throat> I love, quote Psalm, Psalm 23. It's a great text. In, um, and if you have the sermon notes, I put it at the bottom of the sermon notes for you because in, in, what I, in what I call an appendix area. And I love this because here's what it says in Psalm 23. He said in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Right. And make me lie down in green pastures. He refreshes my soul. He, gu gu he guides me along the right paths. We like that stuff. Psalm, 1, Psalm 23, verse 1 through 3. Now, when you get to verse 4, we don't like this part. He said this, even though I walk through the valley, uh, the, through the darkest valley, it says in an NIV version. In the King James, it said, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, 
You know, even though I walked through the through the valley of the shadow of death, it's just like, oh, my God, it was it was uh, this incredible part of this song that David writes where he starts talking about death. Now, we like the first part, but we don't like the death part. Anything that has to do with challenge, we don't like. The part that talks about, I will feel no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You like that part. But anything that has to do with challenge, you don't like. And so there's this resistance in sometimes Christian teaching, which I think is imbalanced, that says, if you save and you love God, you can't have a problem. If you save and you love the Lord, ain't nothing going to happen to you. It's not going to come down my house. I'm not going to catch it. Let me explain this to you. If, you if, if you're not careful, you'll have a problem you don't have to have, or you'll have a problem that you will not be prepared for because you did not use all the gifts and tools that God made available to you. And let me just say this to you. I, I, I just, it's one of these incredible texts where, you know, you just you read it. It's in the book of Exodus where they were going through uh, and uh, the Lord told him, he said, uh, the plagues over Egypt. And, and when the death angel came, he said, uh, put blood on the doorposts of your houses. And if you stay in the house, I'll protect you. But if you go out there on your own, you're on your own. When, when, they, when uh, they, they sent the spies to uh, Jericho, and the spies, uh, Rahab said, could you, could you guys protect us? We want to join you. They said, what we're going to do is we're going to come back and we're going to take over Jericho. But you and your family, whoever your friends are, if you stay in the house, I'll protect you. But if you go outside, you're on your own. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't use all the tools you have at your, at your disposal, you are on your own. And I want you to understand that that to me is an important principle to gather um, I can be overrun, especially if I do certain things. So let me tell you what I learned. I want to make sure you heard me now. Number one, I'm not invincible. Number two, I'm not above being attacked. Number three, I am not above being overrun. I can, if I go outside and if I take certain risk, I can, if I spend too much money, my money can run out. If I don't exercise, my body can go out. If I don't take the meds that the doctor told me I need to take, I could die from a high blood pressure problem. I can die from cholesterol. If I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I can be overrun in my life. And I can have expected challenges and I can have unexpected challenges. That's what I learned. I can have unexpected challenges. You know, it's not going to always be simple. Life's not always easy. And there are times like that. The, the three questions you may have for me that might come to your mind at this time. Number one, what hope do I have if you did all you could do and still caught COVID? Well, here's my answer to that. Don't look at what attacked me. Look at my outcome. Look at my outcome and, and, and do all that you can do to make sure that you have the same kind of outcome. So in other words, if you look at, if you look at me and go, well, if you could catch COVID, well, I can catch, yeah, but, but look at the outcome and then learn from it, learn from it. I'll talk more about this in, in, in part two because there are people who say, well, you know, if I'm a Christian, I'm not supposed to have that problem. That's not good theology. 
You are not above your Lord. I quoted to you earlier, Matthew chapter 10, right? Jesus, you're not above your Lord. If Jesus had challenges, Matthew 10, 24. If Jesus had challenges, you can have challenges. If Jesus was hung on the cross, they can hang you on the cross. If Jesus was persecuted, you can be persecuted. You, know, you, you have a responsibility to prepare for battle. You say you're a soldier. You need to prepare in every way you can. I love the story in the Bible where it said that when Abraham was um, heard that Lot, his his um, nephew had been captured. He grabbed over 300 men that were already trained in his house and they went out and, and, and freed Lot. But he was prepared for battle. You're not preparing for battle. You're not doing all you can do. You're praying for God to protect you from financial ruin, but you're not saving any money. You're praying for God to protect your marriage, but you're cussing out your husband and your wife. You're praying, you're praying for miracle blessings, but you live in all kinds of ways. Not, so my point is, you're not doing your part. You have to do your part. I have to do my part. And then if we, whatever outcome we have, which I'll talk about in part two, that's, that's not on us. I just need to do my part. Now, I want you to make sure you take note of what I mentioned to you earlier, Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. That's about the parable of the talents. I want you to write that down. I want you to go read that on your own because I think that's important. So if you're vaccinated and contacted it anyway and you did all you can, say, Father, I trust you. I've laid it all before you and I trust you and I believe that God's with you. So it's my job to do what I can do. Matthew 25 teaches that. Verse 14. My job is to invest what I've been given. So if you were vaccinated and, con and contracted it, while you were vaccinated like me, you've done all you can do. Your job is to use the gifts you were given and trust God to work everything else out. The main problem, though, is don't be like the third guy. Don't be the guy who didn't use all he could use, didn't use all of his skills and all of his talents. Now, I want to close with the third part because this is the, the final part of the sermon I want you to get because I really believe this is important. Sometimes I think the issue is that the way that we were taught as Christians has created some problems for us. So here's my final question. So if you're writing the questions down, number one, I asked the question, what hope do I have if Pastor Rick could catch it? And I said, well, hey, I'm no better than you. Look at my results and let that be an example for you. Number two, I asked the question, if you were vaccinated and contracted, and contracted the disease while you were vaccinated, what should you do? Don't worry about it. Make sure that you understand Matthew 25. If you use the talents you have, the talents that you have, then you're, you've done your part. Just don't be the third guy and bury the talent or the gifts that you have. Do everything you can do. That was the criticism of the guy in Matthew chapter 25 with the talents. Two guys used what they had. One guy didn't. Don't be the one guy. Don't be the person who ignores what God says I gave you. I gave you an option and you said no, which brings me to the third question that I'm dealing with now is what are some important truths this experience has reinforced for me? Some important truths, some biblical truths. Number one, some of these issues I have faced were created or allowed to exist by me. I've learned that sometimes in life I'll have an experience that's a negative experience. And I did it for some people. They caught COVID because of things they did. They were careless. They didn't wear masks when they should have. They didn't take any precautions. In some cases, that's what happened. Some of the issues I've learned in my life I faced were created by people around me. So some people would say, well, somebody else, I, I did it. I didn't do my part. 
And some would say other people around me didn't do their part. Now, in our culture, in our in our country right now, that's our issue. Some are doing their part. Some are not doing their part. And sometimes when you get with people, you see they they're they're acting as if it's over with. And so in that in that situation, you, you you're not you, you're not you're not taking your life and your future in 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 into consideration. I have to be clear. I am responsible for me. And but I'm also a, a victim of us. In other words, I can do all I can do to, to clean the house. But if everybody doesn't clean the house, then be clear. Um, us going to have a problem because us going to live in mess because we haven't both agreed. So there are some problems in my life. Some things in my life happen because of me. I can go out here, as I said again, I'm going to repeat this again, and not take care of myself, and I can create a problem for me. I can, I can not wash my hands. I can, can not, not exercise. I can not eat right. There are things I can do, and I can cause myself to become sick or have a problem. Then there are things that other people can do. They can cough around me with the, without covering their mouth. They can reach to shake my hand knowing that they just coughed all in their hand. They can do things. And then I bec- I'm a victim of we now. See, because we in this together. I'm relying on you and you are relying on me. We are one another's keepers. We live on the same planet. Thirdly, some of these issues I faced were created um, were because of rebellion. Sometimes I rebelled against good advice and And sometimes those around me rebelled against good advice. So, again, let's be clear. What did I learn? What are some important truths that I came away from this experience with? I can create my own problems. People can create their own problems and we can create them together by being rebellious. And that's what I want to close with that thought. Rebellion is an interesting word. It's a strong word. And I want to say um, some of my favorite verses, I'm not going to read, you know, rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, all that's just spooky. I'm not going to read that to you now because that gets you lost. But rebellion in the Bible is not described as a good thing. But let me say this. I have been rebellious. And if you're honest, you have been rebellious, too. For example, if you are a diabetic, but you don't take your insulin, you don't take the advice of your medical professional, seriously, you're being rebellious. If you are a person who has no money, no cash, but you spend money like you do, and then you are borrowing and all that, you're being rebellious because you're not facing the truth about your money. If you are a person who is uh, married, but you're sleeping around, you're not being faithful, you're doing what you know you shouldn't do, you are being, you heard me right, rebellious. We've all, at some area of our life, been rebellious. If you claim to hear a word from God, you hear God talking to you, and you don't do what you've heard, guess what? You're being, you're right, rebellious. So let's just be clear. Those things are important. But the Bible warns us, and I'm going to close with Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Uh, it's 7 through 19, but it's going to be a quick summary. I want you to just think with me for a second. There's three things, five things that he says, five warnings he gives Israel. First, he says, don't harden your hearts. I read that to you in the very beginning of the sermon. He says in verse 7, Hebrews chapter 3. So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. 
So the first thing, I want you, the first warning, the first thing he says is don't harden your hearts. Don't be the kind of person who doesn't listen. Number two, don't test God. Verse nine says, where your ancestors tested and, tr and tried me through the, for 40 years, they saw what I did. That is why, listen to this again, where your, your, your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. For 40 years they saw what I did. Th that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, this is important, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an, on, on, an oath in my anger. I promise you, those people will not go into the promised land because of their rebellion. So don't try me, he said. You remember your mom used to tell you that, Daddy, don't try me. And God says, number one, don't harden your heart. Number two, don't try me. Then he says, number three, don't become unbelieving and turn from God. You, you, just, you just ignore what he tells you. Look at verse 12. He says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that, that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily. See, encourage each other. You have to encourage each other as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sinful deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original convictions firmly to the very end. In other words, stay in the fight. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't become unbelieving. Number four, don't wait to listen. This is so important. Verse 15, as, uh, as has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as they did in the rebellion when they rebelled against me. There's something about this, this, this tendency to rebel against God, you need to read the rest of that on your own. It's about how they rebelled in Egypt and how they sinned. And then finally he says, don't assume you can't get out, get on the bad list, rather. Don't assume that. Verse 18 says, and to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not so to those who disobeyed? So we see that we were not able to enter because of unbelief. Don't think you can't get on a bad list. He says rebellion puts you in a bad place. And if I'm not careful, it will put us in a bad place. So Pastor Rick, what does all this mean? It means that we need to be careful. And we need to band together. We need to fight together, not rebel, not try to pretend this is not real. And do all we can. I'm thankful that God helped me get through this season. But I wanted to give you my honest opinion. Um, my challenge going forward is to make sure I'm not rebellious and pretend that I'm in a season I'm not in. I always say you got to fight the fight you're in, not the one you want to be in. I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful for God's, God's help. But I'm not done yet. I want to turn to the theology part of this in part two. And I want you to tune back into that sermon because I'm going to talk about if I'm a Christian who walks in faith, how could something happen to me? How could I get sick? How could I catch cancer? How could I die? How could that happen to me? If I'm a Christian, if I'm saved and I love God, how could that be true? And then I want to answer the question about God's rights. Does God have the right to say, I'm not going to heal you? Does God have the right? To, why is it that so many people? OK, we talk about healing. Well, what about the people who are not healed? What about the people who don't have the experience that I had? They went through COVID and they died and your mama died or cousin died and you feel bad about that. What does the Bible say about that? That's in part two. You join me. I've got more to say. 
my time is up. I want to tell you something. I love you. And I'm so glad that God has blessed me to come through my experience. I'm, I'm thankful. My wife is thankful. My kids are thankful. And I want you to know if you're in the middle of this, your God is faithful. You fight forward. You hang in there. And I want to tell you something. If you lost somebody through this, you fight forward. I got a word for you. I'm going to show you how to see this right. And it's going to be in part two. So make sure you tune into it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what's been said today. I pray for those who are victims of COVID who died. I pray for their families. And I pray for, Lord, those who are in the middle of it right now. I pray for those who are afraid of it. I pray wherever they are, healing and grace and protection. I thank you, Lord God, for wisdom, courageous fighting. We stand strong without fear, but we also stand firm with wisdom. We plan to not rebel against good advice. We plan to use all the tools that you've given us. And I pray for those who have not been vaccinated, who do not have a valid reason. The doctor did not tell them that they, they could not be, that they would go get vaccinated. And if they're watching this sermon and this whole season is over, thank God that they lived through it. Thank God that God gave them victory. I believe that we're going to have greater victory down the road as we march forward with confidence and faith and do the right thing in Jesus' name. Amen.